Hello, board game aficionados, and welcome along to the hype and the hope. Um, I am Mike. I am Shari. And here we are doing this again, perhaps with a better opening this time. Yeah, at least we gave our names. We'll see how we go. So what's the purpose of this podcast? Why don't you join us as we discuss... <laughs> pull up a cold one, you know, sit down, crack it open. I think you should go full strain. Why don't you join us for a fantastic you butte bottler barbie podcast where we greetings from western australia yes we play board games here too and in addition to (laughs) (laughs) just like you (laughs) hello there from western australia or if you would prefer it in a thicker accent g'day mate welcome along to western australia where we're going to be talking about a game that has recently been admitted to our collection also we'll be having a bit of a discussion about why one game that's a bit hyped up at the moment didn't make the cut and also reflecting on some games that we've played recently and and how that experience was for us and i'll be doing it all with an american accent absolutely we're a real hybrid here oh that's another age the hype the hope and the hybrid hopefully oh no I think it's probably best if I open the discussions about the new game that we've earmarked for entering the collection this week. Well, it is all your fault. It is, really, because the reason that this game has been purchased or or pre-ordered or or backed, as it were, because this one is a Kickstarter, well, not a Kickstarter, but kind of a Kickstarter. Backer kit, yes. Because it was originally going to be the game that I talked about last time uh, as the game that did not quite make the cut for whatever reason. Now we should add that that's not because you'd seriously evaluated it and decided it just wasn't quite good enough. It was more of a case of, I said, oh, look at this game. And you said, huh. And I said, oh, I don't think it's probably going to be for us. And you said, yeah. And other monosyllabic things. Yes, it's one of those times when I probably was looking at some other things and could have been paying better attention. I just want you to say it on the air. Okay. I do that sometimes. The game, the I'm not going to reveal it just yet, but part of the reason I think that I didn't get immediately drawn to it is we tend towards mid to heavy Euro games in our Euro game collection. Recently, we've been playing a lot of Vital Lacerda games, uh, some Mind Clash games that we perhaps earlier in our careers found a bit intimidating, have really Ooh, embraced. Our hobbies are careers now. Oh, absolutely. And... Uh, this one, you know, it just looks a little bit happy and not so serious. And I think the art, which is actually one of its huge selling points for me, sort of put me off. It didn't have that serious, dry look of the Euro that I expect. The crunchy beige. Yeah, absolutely. You know, when people say beige, I say, if it's beige, it's probably a very good game. Anyhow, the game is Wild Gardens, designed by Isaac Vega. Vega? Yeah, I'd say Vega. Yeah, Absolutely. Kind of like the enemy boss on Mortal Kombat. Ah. Not Mortal Kombat. Street Fighter 2. There went your cred. I know, I know. Well, it was a long time ago. Anyhow, um, we know Isaac Vega from being one of the co-designers of Dead of Winter, which was a game that was almost one of our gateway games into the hobby. Oh, there's a big tale, a tale for Christmas by the fireside of how you acquired it that middle of the night. Well, yeah, the last copy on Amazon, and I was so happy about this. And uh, in Australia, if, you, if you're if you an Australian or you'd, 
if you know anything about this Australia. This was before Amazon was in Australia. It was too. We had to order from Amazon US. And Some would argue Amazon is still not really in Australia, but... It's better now. Yeah. And you can actually get free shipping now to Australia from yeah, Prime. Yeah, Amazon from Prime's the US, a thing. Even from the US, so which is good. Of but, course, we don't buy so much from Amazon anymore. Yeah, there's always the suspicion that it's going to be grey market or... Um, Plus you like to support the game stores even when they're online game stores. Absolutely, but back then we used to sort of take it when we could get it because for those of you who, who aren't aware, in Australia we tend to wait a while for um, releases and Dead of Winter was just a game that I was absolutely desperate for us to, to get and enjoy. Even though as two-player game people say it's a bit of an issue, we, we were alright with it and I just really like the look of the theme. The um, Walking Dead was still a good show back in those days and it just looked really interesting. And we kept talking about that crossroads mechanism yeah, and what was going to happen seemed like it was going to go everywhere, but there were there were a couple games that came out afterwards. None that we have. No, no. One of them got not so good ratings. I think the other one's pretty well regarded, but but it didn't look like us. And again, I'm not sure Dead of Winter looks that much like us anymore. It's... When's the last time we got something like that? Every, here's everything that's wrong with it by our standards today. It has standees. Yep. It's a bit Amerithrash or trash, however you want to say that. Yep. It's zombies. I mean, zombies, zombies, zombies. The two-player mode doesn't allow for the full game. But anyway, we've... Enough- One, once upon a time, there was a game that we loved and had a lot of hype, and Isaac Vega was one of the designers. That's the long story short. With apologies to Spandau Ballet. Uh, anyhow, Wild Gardens. I had a look at it, though, afterwards, and... I thought, you know, this actually looks like a really good game. And I think part of that is due to the the artwork, for starters, which had initially sort of frightened me off, made it... You know, it just looked like some sort of cute game. Again, I'm going to bash it again, even though I liked the game a lot. Um, Flamecraft is the sort of... (laughs) I I can't take a Euro game seriously that has sort of cartoonish art. And yet... What is this, the weekly dose of Flamecrash hate? I know. I like Flamecraft, though. Look, it's sitting not a metre and a half from me in pride of place out in our nice display area when we unboxed that thing it was like ooh, wow look at this and i enjoyed playing it's never going to be more than a like seven and a half or or eight from which is still really good but but when when your collection is filled with games that you would rate a nine over ten out of ten it's sort of hard to get away from that but I think this art by this Alyssa Manold, Manold it looks okay. like, is the name of the artist. I had a look at some of her other art and none of it looked appealing at all to me. I mean, it was fine. It was nice art. No, <laughs> sorry, sorry Alyssa, aesthetic. if you're listening. But this was really interesting and I really enjoyed the sort of some of the definition on the drawings. It had had a real look of depth to it and the shadowy shadows and so forth. And oh. I, I, I thought it looked really, really attractive. And then I had a look at some of the mechanisms. I thought, you know, this looks like a pretty decent Euro game and decent euro game great art that's pretty much two of our big boxes that we have to check to to get it into the collection so that was when i decided to approach you and say you know i think we should get this right so i i sort of dangled this game out to you and you didn't have much interest so i didn't really pursue it i wasn't biting no no i mean i could see that it looked sweet and and nice and polished put together well but since you weren't taking the bait i i just wandered off and looked at other things because if it doesn't attract you immediately then why even pursue that there are so many no, other yeah. games and then you did the switch i gave the bait but you did the switch and you said you know what i, I like this I, and and you I, I still don't know how far you've looked into it i mean a, a decent euro that's good looking that is you're right all that we pretty much need but did you know there's a 
backstory with Isaac Vagan and why he created this. What is the backstory? So it was 2020. Something happened that yep. caused a lot of people to stay in sight. Not, not us in Western Australia, as much as people might act put upon. We were pretty much living a normal life through most of the height of the we pandemic. We had virtually no COVID cases for the first two years of the pandemic. It's something that happened to everybody else really. Yes. And it's really affected how people deal with the pandemic here. So Isaac Vega, 2020, he's having to isolate and be, he had has a pre-existing condition. So he has to be very careful about COVID. And I respect people who are trying to be careful around COVID because I am often surrounded by people who are not just not careful, but aggressively not careful yes, about I COVID. Agree with that. Yes, it's been a struggle. So the fact that he was careful and that he was willing to talk about this when I feel so many people are like, didn't happen, putting away, that actually sold me a little bit. So he w- he got involved in foraging oh. during this time. And he learned, he was saying, he gave a shout out to all these YouTube creators who inspired him to learn more. I'm not sure if it was cooking as well or just foraging, but um, using this isolation to his advantage. And he kind of discovered a whole new hobby out of it. And I thought, that's nice. Not only is this guy, he called it a love letter to these creators and I thought that's really respectful and he's here willing to not bury the pandemic which is not a deciding factor for me but it did sweeten me on the deal so to speak and I have to say I'm surprised you haven't mentioned the food because I actually would get hungry yeah, looking at those cards. Yeah, the food looked good. I really liked the picture of the pie and some sort of fritters on the Game Found campaign. Uh, that'll be over by the time anyone hears this, but maybe they'll have a... And a, a it's not on Game Found, is it? Oh, back a kit. Sorry, back a kit is so infrequently <laughs> used for anything that it's easy to forget. Did you see that there was a recipe card for something called Lion's Mane's Cakes? Lion Mane's Cakes? Lion's Mane Cakes. The mane of a lion made into a cake. Have you heard of such a thing? No, I have not, but I'd be happy to try it. Well, As long as it doesn't have peanut butter in it. You wouldn't be happy to try it because if you were paying attention last week when we decided against a game about foraging, lion's mane is a type of mushroom. Oh, that's right. Yes. And wait, it gets worse for you. It has the texture, a firm texture, which people use to mimic seafood in plant-based oh. dining. So oh. just the marriage yeah. of two so, things. So seafood, mushrooms, probably the but two greatest hates great. of mine. I bet that that's what you were looking at when you saw something. But I think what you were saying, you know, sweet, um, pleasant games, they often scare me off. I think part of the issue for me that sort of temporarily stayed my hand in suggesting that we buy this thing is I just have this sort of fear of games that look sort of friendly and light and as though the designer isn't taking it seriously enough if it's a Euro game. I've already mentioned Flamecraft. Honey Buzz is another one. It's a great game. I'd probably give it 9 out of 10. You I love, love Honey Buzz. It's fantastic. Yeah, but I still psychologically think, oh, that's just that light little piece of fluff game. Let's bring out it's so uh, not you know you know it's winter or something i know i know and and there are 26 years together you've always branded yourself as the happy-go-lucky one the cheerful optimist who just tiptoes through the tulips of life la-di-da code for irresponsible one (laughs) and does not obsess obsess or grind or plan plan none of that crunchy crunchy stuff you know <laughs> you're just living life in the moment and you're singing at the top of your lungs and often the same little piece of a song over and over and over again and over but then when it comes to board games you're like no i must be serious and calculating i can't trust that fluffy stuff but having said that i'm not serious and calculating when i play my turn i take turns really quickly i'm boom 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 you know i just go i 
don't think and plan them out, whereas you tend to be more strategic. But I don't know that it's just such a case of me loving dry, heavy Euros. I, I feel like games, you know, these things are signifiers for what the quality of the game is going to be like. I mean, look, we've got here just to my left about 14 different versions of Patchwork, and that's hardly a dry, heavy Euro. And, and I love Patchwork, and I was quite happy to have all these different... I'm, I'm hyperbolizing. Let the record show we are looking at five different versions of Patchwork. There's some in the other room as well. And uh, somehow we've got two copies of the Christmas version. But uh, we'll... Spoiler, what our niece is getting for Christmas. Uh, yes, that was an accident. See, I don't mind light games. It's I know. Just that, it's just that I, I feel like they much in, much as I don't want to do a patchwork game about accountancy, I uh, find cute creatures in, in my Euros maybe a bit off-putting. But having said that, and this is the thing that kind of drove at home to me that, yeah, we should give this a go. Everdell, it's a fantastic Euro game. Absolutely. It's as cute as can be. Those things are freaking adorable. Yeah, so who knows? Who knows? We'll give it a go. It looks great. We'll give it a try and I'll look forward to seeing it when it arrives. I'm sure it's going to be a fantastic production. I'm glad we're getting the nice wooden bits. Yeah, me too. I think wooden... There's, there have been times, and uh, hello, honey buzz again, when we think, oh yeah, we'll save and just not get that little extra... And then we always end up buying them afterwards, sometimes for more money, yes. Then we also get the expansions in that bundle. Which I don't know why we're doing. Nobody ever cares about. Now, in this case, now I say we don't really buy expansions anymore, having learned. We do, uh, we'll buy more content sometimes, like Dixit cards, that kind of thing. And this is just more cards. So I'm always fine with that. That you can just add on in and play it straight away. I know some people are a little cross because they say why would i want cards with people in the board gaming community in them it is a bit meta but it could be fun it depends on who's on them and i don't know who's on them i suspect the people who got early copies to review will probably be on them i could take or leave that though it might break the immersion a little bit so i don't care so much about the three expansions which are really just more cards i will say if you take those expansions off and you just buy your wooden bits a la carte with a base game then you'll save twenty dollars and $20 is the cost of the add-on plushie. How much is the shipping? Is it a change at all with the... Somebody has asked that question and they don't know. They're okay, going so to try not to have the cost. Or we can just add on the plushie anyway. I don't even know if I want the plushie. I've asked them what is that plushie made out of? Because what if it's like corduroy and bean bags on the inside? Or is it going to be kind Baby of skin. furry? Is it, ooh. According to Jonathan Swift, that makes for the best summer boots. So Summer plushies. And I also don't know what it is. No, no, it is a bit ambiguous. D- is it an onion? Is it a bulb? Like a daffodil? Are people eating bulbs? That seems it dangerous. It looked like a Reddit avatar to me when I had oh. a quick look. So I think much as I opened our discussion of what we did buy, I think it's probably best if you start the discussion on what we nixed this week because you were pretty much the first of us. I was the first person to be looking up at the screen when the first YouTube ad hit. Oh, and And there's been a lot. And at first I thought, oh, that must be a video game. That looks kind of nice. And then I kept seeing it. And it was always before we watched something board gaming related. And I said, is that a YouTube ad for a board game? A very polished, professional YouTube ad for a board game? The media saturation has been significant on this one. And then suddenly we saw that the YouTubers and so forth that we watched were all talking about this game or had been or had gone to Tennessee, I think, to play this game at the headquarters of the manufacturer. And the buzz was buzzing. 
and and it looks like a fine production. It looks like the sort of thing we'd usually squee over, really. Well, we were squeeing, so we watched the trailer. Yeah. Right, so we'd seen all these YouTube videos, and when we were watching that trailer, I think we both squeed at the same time. Do you remember what it was? I can't recall off the top of my head. It was the magnets. Oh, yes, I remember those. You said, is that... Is that a magnet picking up one, you know, the ship picking up the uh, other yeah, bit yeah, yeah. and yeah, putting it, it down it? there? Because I'd already been saying, look at those player boards. So you have to picture us. Mike's at one end of the sofa typing away on his computer. I'm at the other end of the sofa idling away on my iPad. The TV's in front of us. We're passively consuming content. But this, you know, having a, a bit of a proper look at. And yeah, that's when both the heads were sort of whipping up and we were meerkatting out of our, our prairie dogging. No, that's something else. We were raising our heads to take in what was this game? It had these interesting almost console-like player boards with all these bits and they have magnets attached yeah, to them. Yeah, it certainly looked like a... We were excited. Yeah. But before I, I even say the name of the game, and then there was the slotting. We saw the cards going into these little slots. Oh, yeah, yeah. It looked, it they looks weren't just really sitting good. on the board. And and to be fair, if we played with a large gaming group, I'd probably be all over it. No. You don't think so? I might be. No. So the name of this game that we're not backing, despite all of this appeal, is... Fractured Sky. Yes, Fractured Sky. This probably should be a record scratch there. Right. Seems to be the, the game that's on everyone's lips at the moment. But if, if you know anything about us, you probably know that it's it's just never going to be our speed. I think I think as a two-player game, it's it's got two big issues for me in two-player games. The first one being area control. I, I never really love... I, I wouldn't call us Care Bear gamers. We're not like, you know, quite on Rado and, and Jen's level of not wanting to compete with each other. However, we do tend to avoid getting in each other's way. So if we're on a large map, we kind of just sort of tool around in our own little area. And I find it frustrating because I feel like we're not getting the most out of the game. I, I always want to be playing a game right. And when and I instinctively don't go near you. I, recently, we played Brazil, the um, game from Portal Games. And there's clearly some combat in there. And, and I, we didn't have any combat whatsoever in our version of the game. And I just feel a bit sense of disquiet about not quite playing it correctly. I think that's you not being an only child coming out. Because I am not as obsessed with playing it right. I am comforted by all of the people who play professionally or do rules, explanations and stuff for a living getting it wrong playing it wrong, still having a good time with the version that they played. I would like to direct the jury to exhibit 14 of On Mars by Vital Lacerda, uh, which yeah. I'm probably mispronouncing. We've played it about three or four times, but we've never, never compl- completed it because Mike is always, oh, you know, we have to we've start over. We've made a rules goof, we've we're, got to start We're again. playing an yeah. impure version of this game now. So, so I may be the one with the AP, but Mike's, I guess, the one with the strict standards. And you say it's not, you're not playing it right or playing to the but to me, I'm very happy to be sandboxing away on my corner of the map that's way far away from you and not getting involved in any conflict or dealing with you at all. That's kind of my real life approach to things. <laughs> I guess we're just kind of playing our own version of the game there, aren't we? And if and it's fun, it's fun. I agree with you focusing on that area control first, because if I had a short version of why we're not backing this game, it's because I'm not fond of area majority as a leading mechanism. And I am picky about fantasy, which I'll get to later. And I know you need to get to your other point. And I was thinking, do I really not like area control or area majority? Because we have a game we're going to talk about in a little bit that I did like, which is sort of to do with 
that. And I thought, so I went to Board Game Geek and I looked at the our games that have area majority tapestry. But you know what? It's minor. You don't even have to get in the middle of that board. And when you do, it can just be about your personal objectives. Bunny Kingdom. Somebody mm. might shout in my face and say, mm. what about, we love Bunny Kingdom. Cerebria, I really love. But Bunny Kingdom, you make your own area, much like Rolling Heights, and you can stay out of the way or yeah. Endless Winter. Coffee Traders. Now that is a bit more traditional area majority, but there's so much to do in a given area. I don't feel as locked out. And I can it doesn't just... feel like you're deliberately doing it to take over the area, does it? No, I just want to serve my interests. And if I trample you on the way, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with you trampling me, but I don't like the the head-to-head conflict. No, no. Uh, Awari's down there as well. The, it was the re-implementation yes. of I Forget What. And it uh, it's it's an area control game and we like it. I think I think it has to be, area control has to be mitigated, as you say. Right, not a leading mechanism. And the other thing that, maybe turns me off a little bit is the bluffing mechanism and I don't mind bluffing Uh, I used to love playing poker with my mates growing up hi guys if any of you are listening I know you're not there's something about bluffing in a two-player game I mean poker's not fun as a two-player game do you know how the bluffing works no I've got to say I didn't really look into it but I think (laughs) because we just saw that one guy who was talking about how he has to have the rule book and the kickstarter campaign look complicated did it well, no, I'm just saying we're not like that. We almost don't want the spoilers of the rule book, which I know sounds like dangerous living to people, but it's actually served us pretty well. We don't have a lot of regrets when it comes to the games that we've bought. But I know there's a kind of a cool thing you do where you can peek at a card and you can have one of the resources. You get the information on that card, which is useful for what you're going to do in the yeah. future, like which areas you're going to take over. And then you can take a resource that's listed on the card. But then you have to put a cube down saying which resource that you took. You putting that cube down down informs the other players of oh it's an area that has this resource uh, in it which is kind of interesting that had a little bit of appeal i yeah i do the, like the, that the that tide like took me the be. other way for a few seconds when i looked at that but you have your misgivings i guess just if it didn't have area control anyway the fact is that i was wavering if you again this is one of those ones where if you'd said yeah let's give it a go uh, i would have been all over it but at the end of the day there are a couple of things that are issues and i think one thing that stops our collection balloon out into hoarder territory is the fact that we don't always get drawn to the exact same things even though when the games arrive 99% of the time we do end up liking them like I'm still pretty confident you'll like Tribes of the Wind when we play it even though that was one of my sort of all you have to do is learn the rules yeah I know it doesn't help that they're in French I'm gonna have to print out the proper version (laughs) but you're the one who knows a little bit of French couldn't you just watch a video I suppose I could what is this 2019 absolutely not but okay, so I may have been attracted to that that mechanism, that deduction. But like I said, I'm picky about fantasy. It's a little cutesy. I actually find it cutesier than Wild Gardens because the place names are all alliterative, and I love alliteration. I'm a big sucker for it. Hello, hype and hope. Yeah. But eh, it's just a little cute in, in my board game. It even might have been just a little bit too plastic. I, me. I wrote down plasticky. I, There's that. I like plastic. Fine um, line between a nice mini and a and a nice arranged. And it of starts colors. to feel like hungry, hungry hippos. It yeah. does. Yeah. And I think so. All of this said, it's not a game. It's a game that attracted us. Yeah, for it's sure. I mean, great advertising campaign. I bet they make a mint. I hope they do, because I think it seems like it's solid gameplay. And there's room in this hobby for so many different types of games. I, I wouldn't mind it if 
certain people on Board Game Geek eased off on the, yeah, it's multiplayer solitaire, there's no player interaction for Euros. If I'm going to let them have these different games that aren't necessarily my cup of tea, that they'll like too. There's something for everyone here, isn't there? And we don't have to own every game. There is. And I think this one in particular, it says for ages 14 plus, but I'm wondering if that's just one of those legal... They might swallow the piece. Yeah, I think that's ages three, but yeah, there is that. It it will have a lot of curb appeal, even if it's a bit plastic. It looks fun. It looks like something I'd want to bring a kid to and say, why don't you have a go of this? You get to take your Zeppelin, your you know Bright Fuges Zeppelin over with a magnet. Are they, and are they trying to be the next wingspan? No, I don't. You, just you don't, because, of the, what, flights involved? I just thought, uh, you know, crossover appeal into the mainstream. No, I don't. I, I mean, how retail is it going to go? I think it would still be a little new and fiddly for the mainstream market, but I don't know. The world is changing. So all in all, Fractured Sky, it looks like a fantastic production. It looks fun. Uh, I just am not sure it's for us, especially not as a two-player game. So what have we played recently? Well, it has been a pattern. And it's a pattern that it was a result of a bloody long wait for a Kickstarter delivery. Kind of an annoying wait, considering these games were available at Essen Spiel last year. And as an Australian backer, I was more than a little ticked off by their appearance only a few weeks ago here at our doorstep. And these are the Steffenfeld City Collection games, reimaginings of such games as, as Bora Bora, is that one of them? And Macau? And some Rialto. others that Rialto are the three we got. So we backed way back in the mists of recorded history. The first time they were on Kickstarter. Yeah, the first two. And we also said, yeah, we'll have number three and four. So we've got the whack version of Marrakesh in its giant inexplicable box. And we've, of course, got the deluxe editions and they not only did they take a long time the the, the big anti-hype surrounding them is uh, these things really deluxified uh, costing like about 140 dollars each in those, australian uh, right australian yeah. i believe it's 100 us if people memorably said and speaking of things said yeah. so the names of the games are hamburg amsterdam and new york city let's start with what you expected so i think our expectations have changed there was the initial backing expectation yeah, yeah. the expectation of as the campaign went on and then the, the expectation as other campaigns came the expectations recently we're um, a little bit different from the average board gamer in that we didn't necessarily get a huge baptism into euro games through Stefan Feld we came in through viticulture and and other games along those lines I'm not sure that's the atypical experience anymore no it probably isn't but we being the people that sort of go wild for the for the bling and the nice bits castles of Burgundy is for all I'm sure it was a great game and we'll find that out later in the year or probably next year won't we uh, we ran a mile because it looks terrible and even the deluxe edition looked terrible to us and I need to you eat with your eyes and apparently we also play board games with our eyes so I think our first real introduction to Stefan Feld was with Trajan which we picked up as a the first edition or might have been second but it I'm was an older edition I'm trying to remember if it was Merlin or if it was Trajan oh you're right it might have been Merlin, Merlin but Merlin's which- yeah. Was a queen is it a queen game? You're right. It probably was Merlin, and we were actually a lot more forgiving of Merlin Sands expansion than a lot of the board game I community. I am a okay with Merlin. Haven't played it for a few years now, but I liked Merlin and Trajan. I thought was really good. It was it was dry. 
and point salady and it has somehow not found its way back to the table uh, but however it's got plenty of friends in our collection like that I didn't I, you know I felt like the Steffenfeld City collection I thought well we've got to have them they, these are deluxified uh, these games have, have come out let's get them and I expected them to be really solid Euro games with loads of point salad mechanisms and maybe they weren't going to be in my favourite games of all time but I should we should get them and have a look and I was really pleasantly surprised by them despite some of the production issues despite how long they took to arrive despite the fact that the art is not necessarily what I was expecting I come away I've come away with really positive outlook on them I had a great time playing all three I agree I felt gameplay wise they exceeded my expectations perhaps um well I know Stefan Feld's a great designer but I didn't expect them to be kind of so easy to get into and to just get to the the table for all of the faults of this campaign and this production the trays do work well for organizing except for the medallions that oh. come with it. The, these <laughs> the are the most problematic medallion if you thought that it was difficult to get the scoring tokens into paperback adventures try to get the commemorative medallion out of the game trays lid in this game it is moreover try getting it back in that's the real challenge it's actually the game's weight's like 3.2 but getting the medallion in that's <laughs> that's Lacerda territory that's good to get out of the way right away we like these games yes we are happy to own these games yeah. and i think other people who play them will be if you like a euro you'll be largely happy at least with two of them but the production is the elephant in the room in fact the elephant owns that room and is letting it out to other people and other elephant friends yes because the production is a mess yeah yeah really not not to look at i like the look yeah but expectations wise not the game trays uh confusing i i like the game trays yeah, if I you know like what they, you're doing they, yeah but uh, especially the lower ones i found an issue and especially in marrakesh i feel like you were not the one to put together suburbia or yeah, some confusing. of the mind clash ones which are not confusing but take edition, a while so. and okay yeah, yeah yeah um i in the end I actually was quite okay with the art. I thought it was going to, you know, it was cartoonish. It was, some of it was a bit childish. It didn't look that amazing. But it was really clear. Yeah, I, I like the art okay. It's not necessarily remarkable. The Queen is so married to that color palette, but we knew that going in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think I said something at the time. Like, it's just a shame they can't seem to break out of these four colors for their player colors. I get it's their shtick. In so many cases, I think the graphic design of a game actually adds to the weight because it's sort of a bit difficult to tell what's going on and where and in every instance but one I found the graphic art and the iconography really really easy to follow with these games if I do have a nitpick it's the cards it was That's really not a nitpick that can't be a nitpick Okay, it's beyond a nitpick. It's got to be a full pick. Yeah, it, it's an issue. Like you've basically got to look at every single card up in the rule book, the little appendix that comes with it. I forget what it's called. I watched Paul Grogan's tutorial of this game. Yep. And I'm so grateful that he made that. Thanks, and Paul. he has, and he's there saying, "Oh, when you get to know the iconography." But he himself, person teaching the game, more than once was, "Ah, let's look up that card." Ooh. It's pretty mysterious. I thought Amsterdam was actually by far the um, the biggest offender here the because of the the ones where it was for every building in this district plus sometimes it was for the, every card in that district and it was just that you were playing. Like, I appreciate we have yeah. the whole key 
there. It's it's just not working. And I'm okay with the the wayfinders iconography and architects and all that, which I know has a big of the West Kingdom and South Tigris. Yes, yeah. thank you. Um, which I know has a a big glossary, so to speak. But no, it's a shambles. I wrote shambles in capital letters here in my notes. It's a shambles. It's too much looking up. You have to be able to discern the card number. Yeah. So oh, they're so small, especially for people galloping. Yeah, and you're into wearing your glasses when you play. Yeah. And then you're looking it up, and then you have to. So you have five cards, and you need to look all five up. And the other people need the you know rule book. New cards look. come out at the start of every round, and we. And then you're like, wait a minute, I'm yeah. holding on to this one what does it do again and it's It's not immediately apparent is it now they do make cards with english on them which when i first read about i thought no you know i'm not somebody who can't decipher the i wish we had those cards it covers up the art which i know is no great shakes but i like the art i like that's decent in hamburg the zoo and the parks that's enjoyable to me to see those creatures so i don't want it all just i hate just all this functionality if you look at is it um Bruges. It wasn't Bora Bora. It was Bruges. Oh, Bruges. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you look at those cards. They're filthy ugly. Yeah, yeah. So uh, this is it's an upgrade in some ways, isn't it? But yeah. at the same time, if you don't, I think there's uh, there's a middle ground, and the middle ground's probably named Wingspan, where you can have icons and instructions on the same card. Learn how the... to do this. Absolutely, and all of them, especially the first two, Amsterdam and um, what's the other one? Hamburg. Hamburg. They felt sort of like card games supported by a Euro mechanism whereas uh, the, the cards interesting. were really important especially especially the first one it just felt like I was playing a card game with some euro stuff I think they make up the bones or I was going to mix my science metaphors but the shared DNA that the games all had yeah. in like similar phases sort of and the, yeah the cards are the heart of the game yeah yeah in each case can we still talk about the components though yeah do because it. what's with the mix and match of cardboard and wood and acrylic so in this game we're going to have an acrylic so in Hamburg we're going to have the Hans Himmel acrylic standee but then in New York City we're going to have the Steffenfeld cardboard standee of the same size I think there's a Feld cardboard standee in all of them they're just right. in the box so why was there not an acrylic standee this is deluxified I want acrylic standees there should be no cardboard standees in a deluxe edition no there should not not anymore picture perfect taught us that and the sleeve directions I know this may seem petty but when I put the deluxified sleeve on the box with the lovely dark art and the sort of gold lettering and I have it facing you know as a a book will so the cover sort of where my right hand is and the back's where my left hand is if I were to give it a hug but what's then on the spine you don't get on the spine what you want you get the generic edition is that right Uh, yes yeah 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 so if I want to get what I want on the spine the pretty deluxe look on the spine with the gold lettering and the you know just the quiet darkness palette and everything i have to have the generic ordinary box cover on the front like why didn't you just swap the sleeves so that the front of the box and the side of the box that would be facing out match i kind of wish they would have just given us an option to have a deluxe box that looks like that and done away with the sleeve altogether or do a deluxe sleeve and have an ordinary box one yeah i mean and 
don't get me wrong these things need sleeves because for whatever reason they've decided to have the lids not really stay on very well without sleeves but I would have liked to have seen it just I don't know I'm not as down on sleeves as as some people are but I sometimes wonder why they're there and especially in this case where it's sort of neither a deluxe sleeve or a or a general one I think it's because we grew up in the time of hardback books and we probably saw our share of really frayed dust jackets yeah 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 Yeah. are you I'm gonna blame the 70s on that (laughs) they always well i always would take them off of my book so that they wouldn't get all kind of munted on the edges and so forth and i feel like that's going to happen to the sleeves not that we're taking them off the the shelf so much that should happen another nitpick an actual nitpick the hamburg board which i'm fine with except it has baked into it two spaces for where you play out the expansions which you may not want to use right so you actually they actually could have put that all on separate boards and had a shorter board which is going to matter for people in the precious table space environment that we live in. Is this their way of telling us that they think those expansions are sort of essential to gameplay? I wondered. We like the ship one. I wasn't sure about the other one, no. At two players, it just seemed like it wasn't going to be very fun or very fair. Um, We've sort of railed on these games a little bit here because they're expensive and they had some production issues for certain. Absolute certain. Queen, they have, they make a fortune out of their Kickstarters and you would think they could do a slightly better job but and we were used to the joke that a queen kickstarter is really a pre-order it is yeah. because we would receive the games so soon afterward they had them ready to go it seems before with perfume and merlin and pioneers and franchise and i'm and not also, yes um carson city big box i think was, no no they no. weren't no they weren't that doesn't that. have a big ugly yellow stripe you're on right the side. it doesn't okay so so we got a bit spoiled with queen games and Runestones. That's another Rune one. Runestone, yeah. yeah, is nice. and Skylands. Yes. So yeah, so we got spoiled to that kind of service, and then suddenly the games aren't coming out. They're other people are getting them. We're not getting them in Australia. The communication was They're two and a half times as expensive. One of the things that sort of has disappointed me about Queen here is they're not being particularly clear or forthcoming about why it is that expensive. I feel like in some ways we're subsidising the rest of the world here in Australia, which is often the case, I believe. I'm just not convinced it's costing $90. It feels like a bit of a hand wave. And this is 90 US dollars. Right. So 120 Australian dollars, which is a lot for us. No, it is. For two games, it's a lot of shipping. 90 US dollars for two games when there are other companies that are not charging $90. Oh, let's say it's one game. Let's just cut it in half. $45 as if there isn't any discount with doing two games. You wouldn't pay $45 US dollars for shipping. No, from- and a lot of big games are shipping for about $22 US dollars here to Australia each and you know, a lot heavier and a lot more luxe than, than these are. So I think the main issue for me with this campaign and Queen moving forward is they seem to have decided that we here in Australia and some other countries in the rest of the world are, are in the two hard basket for shipping and you know they've slapped us with the $90 shipping for two games here which which is more than 120 Australian dollars and I just am not really seeing a reason why it's this much we're getting smaller companies shipping bigger games for $22 and in this case it's 45 for 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 each game 
same. And I would just like to see more communication as to why that's the case. We're a long way away and we pay higher shipping, but offsetting that is the fact that usually the game is significantly cheaper if we get it overseas. Uh, quite often we order from Philibert, the French website, who, who are very good and then unaffiliated with us. I'm just sharing an honest opinion. And I usually will pay 30 or even 40% less for the game with them. So when I pay 25 US to for shipping three or four days from France to Western Australia via DHL, it doesn't really add any cost to the game. I just tend to get it earlier than if I waited for it to be in Australia. So I just sort of want to know why Queen is unable to do this and why we're paying this exceptionally high amount of money that, that really I can't see being justified. We're not ones usually to talk about costs. Everybody has their own budget and makes their own decisions, but this is just particularly noteworthy. Egregious, yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about some of the good things. Something good about Hamburg, go. Well, I already mentioned liking the sort of card game element of Hamburg. I think it's a reasonable production, um, but but mostly it's just a really good, solid, thinky Euro game with nice mechanisms that all sort of merge together and showcase what the buzz is about Stefan Feld. Well, that's a lovely thesis, but can you give any specific examples in your body paragraph? No. <laughs> I can't. Well, I was going to say, I like the five decks. I understand that in Bruges, it was two decks, but now there are five different colors. And I guess you don't really know what you're going to get in each one. It's not like the brown decks all have one thing and the purple decks have another. Yeah. But So I, I like that and kind of having to decide and, and think about what I'm going to do next. And yet at the same time, because the dice can be anything, how many times were we, oh, better take one of each color just to play it safe. Because yeah, yeah. you know the color you don't take you'll roll a six of that color and that's where all the money is so that was kind of fun trying to shop for the correct deck i like the cultural aspect thinking yeah. about the zoos i think baron park taught me a little bit about german zoos and so i'm seeing this as i guess an important thing in german culture last time i showed off how little i know about japan and this time i can show off how little i know about germany but once again Despite drawn my mother being born there <laughs> once again uh, drawn to the um critters of each and i certainly liked learning about Hans Himmel. Yeah, that was interesting. The standee we have with the water and the children taunting him. And the big question is in the end, did Hans Himmel get in on the joke himself or did he remain a grumpy old soul? But apparently he's all over the city, commemorated in statues. And what it's kind of like the gulls of Salt Lake City. Nobody tells you that until you go, maybe, well, maybe people do. People have other conversations. But right before we went to Salt Lake City for the first time, my dad just makes this comment, oh, there'll be seagull statues everywhere. What? No. <laughs> that just sounds like a weird dad fact. And there were, and I guess in Germany, we'd see something similar. This guy carrying water everywhere. Oh, this really is a big local tradition. And this is another thing that I appreciate about these games. I mean, we've complained about the price, but don't mistake for a moment that I'm disappointed to own them. I think they're great games. I'm really having a good time with them. I like that they're not just straight reskins of the original games. This idea that there's more decks now in Amsterdam, and I'm not, I haven't even looked at Hamburg. Sorry, Hamburg. (laughs) I appreciate that they've actually refined some of these games and, and modernised them a little bit with some of the tricks that I guess Feld has learned over his storied career. Yeah, there pro- probably is room, if you're a fan of these mechanisms, to some extent maybe to have both in your collection. Don't know. Depends Haven't... how many Kallaxes you own. <laughs> um, have both in your game group's collection, which lives at some other member of your game group. So I, people talk about storage their game unit, group perhaps, all the yeah. time, and I think that must be very interesting. Yeah, you could have this off-site storage system through your game group members. A little risky. One of them might, I don't know, have a flood or move away or Touch the game after 
masquerading. Whoa, yeah. have a toddler nearby. Yeah. I know I've complained about having the the expansions already built into the board, the main board for Hamburg, but you do like the ships one. I think the ship expansion's essential, and especially after we played it correctly and paid it, for... It's awfully fun if you don't play it correctly and you just get free bonus moves. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I, I thought they were pretty essential. I don't know about the other, the stock market one at two players, but uh, I didn't really have a problem with that. I, I really enjoyed the ships and they, they added a more reason to build the wall. The wall just felt like a bit of an anticlimax without it, I would have thought. One more thing to worry about getting destroyed. When That's true, the, yeah. When the sliders move over. I do like that tension of... Um, with Hamburg. Wondering what's going to fall over in your collection. Yeah, I mean, it's a bit of a problem. What is going on in Hamburg that it has beautiful zoos and parks, but is so prone to natural disasters? And is there any basis for that in the history of Hamburg? Has it been especially unlucky? Like, think of Lisboa. No, I was where just have, thinking that. Yeah, yeah, the fire and the earthquake and the flood and everything's happening at once. So before we talk about the game Amsterdam, what about the city? What, what do you think about? What would you expect to see on a player board or be incorporated in the game? Well, maybe something about the water levels uh, we've seen mm. that in the pandemic rising tide uh, which is to do with the Netherlands tulips windmills clogs these are probably all gigantic stereotypes but this is and you're I... forgetting the canal much yeah. as you did in the game yeah I know I never <laughs> used the canal I have to say that uh, Mike was the master of the, the the actual water, the coastline, and shipping his goods around, whereas I pretty much ignored that side of the board. It was, um, I don't know why, but I was all about the canal, which at two players is a bit silly, as you realize you've spent all these resources, fine for the leftover cube, but to be moving ahead to cross the two-point bridge. Before, I mean, it did make a difference. Yeah. I wouldn't say ignore the canal. I think Amsterdam, yes, it is Amsterdam, it's not Hamburg. I think Amsterdam... Amsterdam is one of those games that is really situational depending on what cards you start with. It reminded me a little bit of Wingspan, that second game we played, where you know how sometimes when you open with uh, the uh, you know a particular raven that's going to get you a really great start and a no-brainer way to play the game. I think when I had that card that gave me the chance to move twice in the shipping for, for one resource, I would have been mad not to get that down and play it in front of me as quickly as right, possible. Right, your second game of Amsterdam, not your second game of Wingspan. I thought yeah, you had Amsterdam. a really precise yeah. recall of no, no, no. all those games of Wingspan. But um, I think that just decided my game for me, that, that opening. And although I never caught up to you, I didn't stay so far behind. No, it wasn't a thrashing. I think it was like about seven or eight points, wasn't so it? So it didn't feel unbalanced. No, no. But yeah. you can pretty much play... Th- I mean, it's a good feld. You don't have to Do anything, get involved no. in one particular area. You can ignore the canal. You can largely ignore the shipping. You won't win, or at least I didn't, but there's probably more strategy there. What did you... I like the engine building, a little bit more intense than Hamburg. I yep. like that you can get cubes for a future term. I'm always excited by generosity in games, I've realized, and the having, you know, getting five, 10, 12 cubes and knowing they're coming to me in a future round so I can be very spent with my actions granted actions of particular colors and meaning it's exciting even if you maybe have to then take a smaller cube to get some things done now and and there's probably all kinds of debate that could happen about whether you should try to get things done early or save up for later but it was fun i I thought the wheel was really effective i enjoyed it a lot and uh it's it actually worked better for me than the wheels in um, barrage which obviously were a problematic design choice there but even though 
the the little pieces, which were just cubes here, work work worked really well, and I thought it was. And yet, now that I realize it, not to come back to this, yep. but they could have been deluxified properly. Yeah, I didn't think they were too bad. I don't think they're too bad. I just don't think they're deluxified. No, you're right. I happen to know that New York City was your least favorite of the three games. I don't know that it is my least favorite. It's just different to the other two, and I think my criticisms of it are more speaking for people in general. I felt like the way the the games were sold was that you were getting variations of of feltness and that the weights were all within a certain range some a touch heavier than others this is not a three weight game no it's much lighter yeah so i it was marketed incorrectly i feel so my but i i do really like it it's i hate to keep using this analogy but it's scratching a different itch than the other games it um i i I love that you can do bidding at two players yeah it works really well with it's really fun in so many games you can't do the bidding it too or you can't do it as well as you would like to i really like the way in this because you're bidding on all the different types of actions with the different types of cards every player is guaranteed of winning at least a couple you know in a two-player game of bids and and even if you do lose if you've played at least one card you're still getting something so it's not like all or nothing and you lose and you're sitting there feeling disappointed i've played my card for nothing and so forth right again there's that wonderful generosity of you have six rounds of bidding you're going to get something you just decide how you get it and there were some games where I hardly played a particular card at all. I think that last game, you hardly went after characters. Yeah. yeah. I went after I mean, characters. I lost, but it was close. It was close. And yeah. that's all we really look for. We don't care who wins or loses. We just look, are there routinely big gaps in our scores? Yeah, yeah. I think the box is really empty in this game compared to some others. It's got a huge game tray, but if you took the game tray out, it would really... Uh, this is one that's just a particularly glaring example of why this is not a $100 game. Yeah, the transportation looks good, the buses, the ferries, and but they're taking up most of the box. Even, is this the one where there's a whole well for cards that don't you don't exist. even need? Yeah. Right, and there aren't any expansions. No, yeah. Unlike the other ones. It's exciting because you get to the addendum book, but you know what? The characters get repeated a lot. There's hardly anything to look up because... You don't have that many different options. Yeah, which no. I'm not even sure is bad, but it's, it's different to the others. As already mentioned... Mentioned, I don't like area majority usually, but this one, even though it is a leading mechanism, it was still it was light enough that it didn't stress me out too much. There were set, again, it's felt there were lots of approaches to get into things, so I appreciated that. But I always liked the way. I mean, in that last game where I had to, it's sort of a decision to make. But often, you know, you're going to have to give up one district to take control of another, which again felt like we weren't. Oh, I'm taking everything over, and which is what I the competitive nature of direct player interaction that I don't always love in a game. I think that because... I knew, like, I knew what was going to happen. There was only one move for you to do. It feels kind of like just as much my fault. Like, I could have blocked it, but I was preferring to do something else. So that way it doesn't feel as tit for tat for me. Right. Sometimes you want to be able to retreat to your sandbox of just building up your own thing and playing the best, making the best skyline improved neighborhood that you could, etc. So 
these games, uh, I would come away with them, and I think this is really my sort of final thoughts on the three. I felt like they were, you know, slightly problematic in terms of production. We've already talked about the cards. Uh, far too expensive, but good, very good, very good games. I'd probably give New York City a 7.5 to 8 out of 10, and I'd give the other two an 8.5 to 9. I really, really like them as games. One thing I think that they would be great for is sort of almost uh, with starting with New York City, which is very light, really, for a Euro, uh, almost a sort of gateway into medium Euro games for people who are looking to play this. I was thinking, who would we play these with or recommend them to? And I think you could recommend Hamburg and Amsterdam to anybody who likes a Euro. Yeah, and, and they might... But have... New York City is more for the Euro curious. And then, but, but then you could use that as your training wheels and then head off into, you know, maybe uh, Amsterdam next or, or Hamburg and then going I, I have you to... had this great idea sorry to interrupt you but do you remember your really great idea that I got so excited about and wish some company would do, which was that if we had a publisher do a series of games all set in the same world and you start with something very gateway and some mechanisms and then there's game two in the series, which is a little heavier and has a few other mechanisms. And by the time you get to the end game in the series, you're playing a super heavy game. You've learned all these mechanisms along the way. Yeah, that would be interesting. A good way to teach people different mechanisms to to play and, and get them comfortable with games that might otherwise be really intimidating and especially if the iconography is the same throughout would be which I feel yes. like it was a maybe a bit of a missed opportunity here because even though the iconography is similar it's similar in its lack of clarity in certain cases which is one of the other things against it but the other thing against this being a gateway euro experience for people is just how expensive they are if you're coming looking in thinking maybe I want to dip my toes into the world of Stefan Feld and medium weight euros probably not looking to spend and 300 US dollars for three games. My ratings are probably pretty similar. Usually I just rate on gameplay and then I maybe throw in a bonus for aesthetics. But I was thinking with these, can I even go above a seven, maybe 7.5 with that iconography? Like if I know what the icon is, I can rate the game much higher. But as is, could I, could I really give an eight or a nine to Hamburger Amsterdam? I should talk about though, why don't we have the cards that have English on them? Well, first of all, I didn't know until after the campaign but if you'd told me during the campaign or I'd had a look I would have thought no we've had no trouble before with countless other games why would we get these cards then people were able to order them apparently with the the second campaign and I believe they're out of stock so with explanations of what so oh sorry the cards with the English explanations okay so I guess they have the icons and an explanation it cuts into the artwork which I don't think should be a thing but okay but you you can't get them I wouldn't have bought them at the time because I wouldn't have thought I needed them but it would be it'd be nice to have but now I'm thinking you kind of do need them or you're adding a lot of time to gameplay and some frustration yeah going to that booklet is a pain but having spent so much money which is another thing that affects my rating which almost never I would maybe it's never happened before I don't know if I can go above a six with the value of these games so if I'm rating just on gameplay I don't really want to go above an eight because I think they could do better with the components and the visuals for a deluxe fight but if I were just on a perfect day in a good mood I could go to nine on Hamburg and Amsterdam in terms of gameplay yeah gameplay eight with New York City these are good games but these other things are a letdown and I know I'd enjoy the game more with those cards but even if they become available again I don't want to throw more money money at this game it's I'll just grit my way through the 
rule book and maybe it won't make it to the tables much. I don't know what will happen, but so that's it. And then I'm back to, well, don't you dare give that game an, an eight, which is an A in Australia. Yeah. No, seven, seven point five. So I don't actually know how I'm going to rate this on Board Game Geek. I wish we could actually do a breakdown rating now instead of just would play again. No, I'm going to get mad when I play again, but I'm also, uh, I, I, I tend to, to rate based on how much I like the game and I would give the game a really high rating, but I do understand if you're someone who's cost conscious and gets really frustrated at, at iconography. You got frustrated more yeah, than once. Yeah, I certainly once. did. I there saw... was a groan as we passed the addendum back and forth across the table and then you can have somebody see your nine there on Board Game Geek and think, wow, that guy's Yeah, really... I don't think I'm going as high as nine, but I think it will probably be in the eights. But there's another timeline where they do get a nine. Yeah, yeah. They're great games, but there are a lot of problems. You're right. How can you give something a nine that has not amazing art, problems with the game trays, uh, strange decisions with the liner sort of sleeve box, the terrible iconography, uh, you know, and, and outrageous costs and shipping costs. So, you know, you've got to bring it down a bit. But but these are great games, which is the kind of real tragedy about it. I, I can't, not only I can recommend that anyone gets them because you can buy two games for the same price at what are essentially just kind of nice copies of Queen games, which, you know, Queen aren't known for their... So some people would say, does that mean they should just go get an older copy of Bruges or Rialto or... We haven't played those. We don't know... I don't know if... what, how different they are. No. I know there aren't five decks in Bruges, so I'd already be, oh, you know, I don't know if I want that. And I do like the bits that are good in the Queen's games. Yeah. So it's a tough call. It... I, I guess the big telling thing is that we didn't back the most recent Kickstarter for the... We wanted to. The completionist in us oh, after absolutely. playing these games, like, oh... I can't pay $187 for a game. We went back and we looked at it. Well, yeah. We made that decision, yeah. the money decision already. Had such a good time with these games. We did reconsider backing the latest and just still couldn't do it. I'll just have to hope there's some way to get them more cheaply after, even if it's just the standard edition, which curdles my blood to even think about. But, <laughs> but this is all about the hope. It is. And the hype. And to be fair, I think this set in its initial days were a little bit hyped up. Everyone was, wow, we're going to get these deluxified versions of them. And then they added strange add-ons like those gigantic metal medallions, which yeah, they're nice. We've got them. But there's also those add-on ones that are sort of rectangular and, and you know really amazing looking. But, you know, I would have preferred they didn't bother with that and just gave us better components overall. I think we played the games, but we also got a bit played ourselves. Yeah, I think that's a pretty fair assessment. So, should we set up... (laughs) 